Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our God gives strength to his children. And because of this, we as his children must utilize that strength and not dismiss it. Peter was the second human being in history to walk on water as he walked to Jesus who stood before him, defying all laws of physics. I think it's noteworthy that Peter actually walked on water from a boat to the place where Jesus was standing. This was a miracle, the supernatural event defying the natural. And the fact that Peter actually walked on water for a short distance should have strengthened his faith beyond that which it already was. But what happened? Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter's faith was suddenly shaken by the circumstances as he took his eyes off of Jesus and back on his natural surroundings. And that had a tragic effect on the supernatural experience he was encountering. And I need to remind myself continually that this natural world is subject to the spiritual powers, which we often cannot see nor detect until we're really in a difficult situation and forced to cry out to God. And like Peter, our faith can waver, and I believe nobody is immune from wavering faith. I do believe some have greater faith than others, but as long as we are in these mortal bodies, we are subject to the flesh, and overcoming the flesh by the Spirit only occurs when we are filled with the Spirit and obey Him. So knowing where our strength comes from is huge. And secondly, something I have often failed at is waiting upon the Lord, just waiting until God does something. Galatians 5.19, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. For me, when I read this passage and others like it, I'm reminded of my past and the things I now see as wicked. But overcoming the works of the flesh by the power of the flesh is a losing battle. There may be some victory in some areas from our own willpower, but how much better is it to conquer these things with the strength from God? And not only conquer them, but seeing those things now for what they really are. And when we are operating in the Spirit, and that is allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the will of God, then we begin to see a change in our lives, the way we live, the way we think, etc., And the positive things we receive from the Holy Spirit, they're referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is something that is naturally produced by a fruit tree. And in the same way, the fruit of the Spirit is the natural things produced by the Holy Spirit when we are operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. And continuing on in this passage, it says in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. These are not things that we conjure up. Rather, they are those things that God is producing in us through his presence in us. And take note that patience and self-control are things that the Holy Spirit will produce in us. Now, when we as weak, sinful people are introduced to Jesus, 
Or as he said in John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So God draws us to Jesus, and now we begin to see that there's more to Jesus than Christmas nativity scenes and plastic fish stickers on cars. So what do we do from here? Do we simply just sit there and hope that Jesus will allow us into heaven when we die? Or do we pursue Jesus, hoping to find something that makes us understand more about who he is? John 1.11, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So what does this mean? Receiving something means you take possession of it and now it's in your care. You have that thing now and it's yours. So too, with Jesus, we receive him, we take him into our lives and make him our king. That tiny faith we have begins a relationship with Jesus, and as we believe upon his name, which is part of the receiving process, you can't receive something if you don't believe it's real. Then he gives us the authority to become a child of God. And with this comes a new birth where we experience being born of God. We are a new creation in Christ, and things become different. But I have seen in many believers, that's where it ends. Simply living in that place where we have received him and believed upon his name, which is good, but this is only the beginning. Like a person joining the military, they go into basic training in their normal cells, but emerge as a member of the U.S. military. They're fit, they're clean cut, have knowledge they didn't previously possess, and ready for their next level of training, which will prepare them for their selected job. Imagine if they reported to their duty station straight out of basic training and did not participate in any further training. They just relied on their basic training experience and entered their job, expecting to perform at the level of those with experience. That would be ridiculous. Because basic training is the foundation of what will become years of learning to become proficient at the job they've been selected for. To fight in combat, constant training is required if any level of success is to be expected. It's called readiness. Being ready at any moment for what may happen. And a sad reality that I have seen is so many churchgoers don't even appear to have graduated spiritual basic training. They don't read their Bibles. They don't spend time routinely in prayer. They don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Rather, they simply attend church, and that's why they're so spiritually weak. But to those who press forward, they will see the power of God. They will experience God strengthening them. They will see the battle more clearly, and they will be victorious. Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. This was Paul's encouragement to the believers in Philippi. Fighting the battle takes patience, self-control, and strength. Just remember, where does our strength come from? Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. And that is the key to being empowered with strength from on high. Luke twenty four forty nine. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That power is still there. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never asked the Holy Spirit to empower you and you're a believer, you're missing out on something very cool. 
And some get weird with this, claiming the Holy Spirit makes them do things outside the parameters of Scripture, and that's totally wrong. But simply asking the Lord to send the Holy Spirit into your life and letting your faith override the doubt, as in Peter's case when he sank in the lake, you will find that strength promised to you by our King. Thank you.